Hi, it's Jen and Juliet. Welcome back to Amplify Your Soul. We are very excited to have Sally Hawk with us today. Well, welcome, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us today on Amplify Your Soul. We really appreciate you being here and telling us your story and your background because as uh, us practicing baby mediums, as we like to call ourselves, we use your site, verysoul.com, to practice our mediumship skills. And we are so excited again to have you here and talk about your journey. So would you mind just starting out telling us what is your background? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here and so honored to have you guys be part of our Very Slow platform. We've got thousands of mediums just like you who are out there practicing and working with clients every day. It's so exciting. And I'm just really honored to be able to share some perspectives, you know, with this group today. Um, so my background, um, I started my career as an actuary. Uh, which I don't know if you know, but we forecast when people are going to die. Uh, we do that with math and we do that for insurance purposes, for pension purposes. Um, uh, I, that led me into a career in risk management. And eventually uh, I worked for different large corporations doing um, financial services and became a global banker, where I was running large corporate global businesses you know, 15,000 plus employees, hundreds of billions of dollars of portfolios. And as you can imagine, in that line of work, I was very busy. It was very complex. Um, and it kept me so much in my stressed human brain um, that, you know, I didn't really have that much time to contemplate, you know, whether any of this was potentially real. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's very interesting that coming from that background, um, that I have eventually found this in my semi-retirement. I say semi because I thought I retired <laughs> until I was recruited to be a medium. So. And in terms of being recruited to be a medium, was that spirit or was that something else? Oh, it was completely spirit. Um, and I, you know, I think like many mediums, you know, it comes in multiple phases, right? Some people have it right from childhood. I definitely had some um, death experience in childhood that really um, caused me to contemplate the bigger reality. But about 20 years ago, um, about 20 years ago, when I was doing um, global banking, uh, my mother-in-law showed up unexpectedly. Um, she was in the hospital for something routine. She was in another country. Um, and everyone thought that she would be fine. It was just a routine visit. And at about 4.30 in the morning, I woke up. Um, my husband was traveling. He had been gone to see her. Um, and when he was traveling, my young daughter used to sleep in bed with me. And uh, at 4.30 in the morning, I woke up and she was in the room. And she was, um, it was this beautiful uh, energy. Um, I couldn't see her face, but I could tell it was a person. And I somehow I knew it was her energy. And I knew exactly why she was there. I knew she was there to say goodbye. And I could tell she was rubbing my daughter's back. They were extraordinarily close, extraordinarily close because of um, some background things in the family. She was the only grandchild. Um, but I got to experience this beautiful death process, you know, um, and I was just in awe and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it didn't dawn on me at the time, like, to question, how do I know who this is? You know, that's done on me till a few days later, frankly. Um, 
But after she left, it, this lasted for a few minutes. And after she left, um, about 15 minutes later, my husband called to say that he had gotten a call from the hospital and that his mother had passed during the night. And I said, wow. no, because she was here. Wow. And at the time, you know, my husband didn't believe any of this. And I wasn't sure I believed any of this, but I had just had this profound experience. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, and I never knew exactly what to do with that. Um, but what I did was I, I, you know, took to the internet and I, you know, started researching what is this experience that I had. And I found out pretty quickly that these kinds of experiences are not uncommon. And that was my first step towards mediumship. Well, thank you, Sally, for that. And I just wanted to go back to clarify things for some of our viewers that that may be going through this, like for myself, right before my mom passed, I, I, my eyes were closed and I was sleeping and I felt this huge energy over me. And I, and I woke up and I told my husband and a few days, or actually I think it was a week later, she had passed, but she was in the hospital in a coma at that time. And I didn't know it. Uh, so for your experience, like my eyes were closed and I just felt energy and I thought it was a dream and I didn't really know if it was real or not. But I, after she passed, I realized that must have been real. Did you actually, you know, you said you didn't see a face or anything. Did you actually see anything or did you, you said you felt stuff? And, and when you, what did you actually sense and what words did you type up in the, on the internet to actually see that other people have experienced this? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first part of the question, I, I did see her. I did see her energy. And the best I can say, it was like an energy cloud. Um, and it had a slightly human form, you know, um, and I could definitely see that she was rubbing my daughter's back. She was sitting on the bed, rubbing my daughter's back. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I, you know, it was, it was, it was just so clear in terms of that she was right there with us. And it didn't, it wasn't spooky. I mean, I think that's an important thing. It didn't scare me. It was such a beautiful, loving energy. And I knew that she was there because she, the one person she didn't want to leave in this world was definitely her granddaughter. Um, so in terms of, you know, what did I look up? <laughs> I looked up everything. <laughs> I looked at, looked up um, death experiences. I looked up near death experiences. I, I, and as I searched, I think I started to gravitate towards research at um, well-known institutions. Um, so there was some research that happened at Duke. There was some research that happened at a university in Virginia. Um, and when I started to see credible organizations sharing their research on parapsychology, it opened a door for me to start wanting to read about it and understand it better. Um, and I can't even remember where I saw this, but um, I did see a statistic someplace that my recollection was that like 25% of people have some kind of a post-death experience with their loved one. And that was so reassuring for me because now I knew I wasn't crazy and I knew I wasn't making it up. <laughs> um, and I, and I just didn't, I, I think one other thing that I would, I would mention here, and this has happened to me a number of times, um, as a mother, um, 
that there's been multiple times in my experience of raising a child where I thought, why didn't somebody tell me that? Because, you know, when something goes wrong, everybody says, oh, yeah, 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 that always happens, you know, or this is the stage. It, but it's always the particularly tough things that people don't want to talk about, right? Um, and so they don't tell you those things or the post-childbirth experience, right? Like, why doesn't somebody tell you that? Um, I felt like that about this experience. I felt like, so if this is happening to 25% of the world, why is nobody talking about this? What are they afraid of? And so I just decided I'm not going to be afraid to talk about it. I'm going to tell people. That is such a good point to not be afraid to talk about it or to share your true authentic experiences. And that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because we're everyday people. Julianette and I have backgrounds in business. You are an actuary working in the corporate banking world. And here we are talking about it being real and having the ability to connect with your own loved ones and then to provide that loving healing experience for others. And so thank you so much for sharing your own personal journey and your experiences. How did you, or maybe you didn't, how did you start telling your, your coworkers or colleagues that you were connecting with spirit? Yeah, very carefully, really. <laughs> very <laughs> carefully and very selectively, you know. And I I honestly, up until mm, maybe three years ago, I'm not even sure I was fully out as a medium, you know. Um, but, I, you know, I talked with my friends about it, um, some of whom were completely all in, saying, you know, they believe it and they're completely, you know, they've had their own experiences, some of whom were... Um, not in because of their religious beliefs or not in because um, they just didn't think this was feasible. But as time went on, I kept having experiences. Like I had a special experience when my father died too. He communicated with me while in a coma mm -hmm. and, and that his communication was validated um, three separate times with my siblings. So, you know, it was undeniably real. Um, and I had other, um, other communications um, come no. through me too. And I, I thought, who am I to hold this gift hostage in any way? And I don't mean the gift that I have. I mean, the gift that they are coming through us. Right. And then I felt compelled to do everything I could to help them communicate. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what year did you start taking mediumship classes? It was about seven years ago, I think. Um, yeah. So don't make me do that in my mouth. I guess 2000. <laughs> You're an actuary. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know, but I'm really bad at like simple math. <laughs> okay, give me the complex stuff. Um, and I, I only practiced as an actuary early in my career. Um, but so, anyways, um, so you were saying, you were asking, um, so when did I start training? Um, it's about four years ago I started training. Um, it wasn't that long ago, really. Um but, and was it to connect with loved ones or was it, like you said, I was just, you had so many people coming in from so, so many different sides. You said, I'm just going to do this. Yeah, no, I was, I was doing it with the intention to do this for other people. Um, I wasn't, um, you know, I, I, I felt like I had the connections I needed, but I wanted to be able to do this for other people. I had retired from banking and I thought, this is cool. Like I, I honestly couldn't imagine anything more useful I could do with my life um, than this. 
And about a, about a year and a half into that training, um, that's when I started to get, um, so let, let me, sorry, about a year and a half into that training, that's when I started to get inspiration about very soul. Um, but it only took a couple of months, two, three months of that training before I could make good purposeful connections. And then just like all of you, it was just a matter of going through the refinement process, doing lots and lots of practices. So that what is your take on whether someone could benefit, should do formal training? Oh, gosh, it's such a, it's such a tough question because I, I think there are some benefits to formal training, right? Um, I think learning to be a thoughtful facilitator of the communication to me is the most important part of the training, right? I think most of us go into the training wanting to have a deeper connection, wanting to get more evidence, wanting to, you know, make sure we're, we're accurate and all those things. And those are important things, but some people have that very naturally. Um, and sometimes, uh, training can temporarily train that out of them because they start to get into their head too much. So I don't think that training to get the connection is required. I don't think that training to get the evidence in depth is required. I do think that training to facilitate the communication thoughtfully and do no harm is necessary. I couldn't I, agree more. And that's yes. the cool side of it. Having a means by which that you can communicate authentically and in a loving way. And then, and like you said, do no harm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we all yes. accidentally step on those, step on those little, you know, landmines along the way, unfortunately. We do because I had informal training. I was in spiritual circles where we just Whatever we saw, whatever we heard, we were going to blurt it out. And then I went into a class. And although my connection um, didn't improve per se, um, I learned things like, um, for example, in a practice session, uh, somebody's mom was having uh, had dementia. And in the in the practice session, they I uh, she I said, do you have any questions? And the sitter asked me, well, when do you see she's going to pass? And I immediately heard an answer. And I looked at the facilitator of the circle. I said, I got an answer. She said, don't say it. And I learned not to say it. Now, if I wasn't in that formal training, I would have probably not known any better and blurted that out. And, you know, as things change, things can change. Um, so I think that's where the professional or personal, the, the training comes in uh, versus using your gift um, without forethought. So, yeah. I, and I also think you can get some of that by working with your peers, like in an environment like very soul where we have the practice form and everybody's giving each other feedback. So I can remember when I was first finding my connection and I was working with um, other people in my class and we were doing one-on-ones it was all about get as much as you can, like you said, mm -hmm. right? Get it, say it, get it, say it, get it, say it. Uh, and I remember I had one experience with a um, medium who, unbeknownst to me, had lost her her daughter. And when her daughter started to come through and started giving evidence, um, I shared that evidence freely 
and not always thoughtfully. Um, so there were things that I thought it would be okay to say um, that were not okay to say. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful that this mother, instead of, you know, hating me for life, instead coached me. Not because she was a more experienced medium, but because she had experienced something in her life that I wasn't fully sensitive to the language that we use around certain things that, you know, stuff like that. Um, and those lessons from your peers, those sensitizations from your peers, in some ways go even farther than a teacher telling you. Because you can only take in so much in classes, you know what I mean? Like people giving you a set of rules. When the rubber hits the road and you actually are live in the experience and somebody says, please don't ever refer to it that way. Please don't ever show that that way. Um, you know, then your heart just sinks. You think that, you know, I am only here to try to help. And in this case, I almost blew that. Well, thank you for yes. seeing that moment, which is a great illustration of why very soul is so important. Like you said, when you're practicing with other mediums and I do think spirit has a role in our lessons Absolutely. so that we learn like a different way of perhaps saying something or not saying something in the moment. Um, can you tell us more about how you were inspired for very soul and how it's working out? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think like a lot of mediums, I was trying, um, I, I worked with different teachers, right? I would, I would work with one teacher, learn a set of skills, um, and then wanted to kind of round that out and move to a different teacher. I had recently moved to a teacher who was focused on deep blending. Mm. And I really wanted that because I'm not naturally a highly sensitive being. Okay. Would you mind explaining what deep blending in is? Yeah, sure. Um, being able to really, really merge with, with the spirit, uh, with the person in spirit. So that, if, if, you know, if you think of it like a Venn diagram, right? It's not like we're just blending a little bit. It's like we're blending a lot, which means, you know, there's a more, um, there's a more detailed conversation enabled. Um, and for me, it means, it means different things to different people, but for me, it means I can feel more about their body. I can, you know, I can feel them more in my central nervous mm -hmm. system so that they can send me signals in my body about where, you know, if I'm supposed to talk about the right foot, I can feel that in my right foot or things like that. Um, so in any case, fabulous teacher um, who I was working with, and she always focused on deep blending. Um, and after about a month of that, I started to find that when I was trying to go to bed at night, um, I was receiving these downloads. And I remember the first night that it happened, it was like receiving a packet. And it was a packet that I recognized. It was like a PowerPoint deck is the way I can describe it. Um, and that's my corporate language, right? PowerPoint text. <laughs> um, but it had, it had the kind of things that I would have seen or I would have created in corporate life in terms of here's a business, we got to fix it. Here's the criteria we got to think about. Here's the, you know, guiding principles. Here's the, you know, the starting point, the end point, you know, strengths, weaknesses, all that stuff. 
Um, and, and I was getting this stuff, but it wasn't organized. It was kind of, you know, in chunks, but I wasn't sure what it was. Um, what I did know is I could not fall asleep if I didn't get up and write it down. So I'd get up, take copious notes, and then I would go to sleep. And at first I didn't think much about it. Um, and after a few days, it started to dawn on me that there's a pattern here. There's a trend happening. And after about two weeks, the whole thing became clear of what they were asking me to do, which was to build this platform, Very Soul, that um, would fill the gaps in the mediumship community. Um, because, you know, their premise or their need was we want to talk to our people. We want it, we, we need better access to our people and it's too complicated. Um, and you know, they've recruited so many mediums and so many teachers and so many people are part of this puzzle. But what 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 wasn't happening was there was no um, technology to connect it and to make it efficient and to help mediums make incredibly efficient use of um, all the pent up um, potential mm -hmm. um, to serve the world. And that's really what Very Soul is. And so they gave us this brilliant business design in terms of, um, you know, the the different tiers and how it would all work and yada, yada, yada. And as we develop it, um, they stay very involved in helping us make decisions along the way, um, giving me guidance, even what to call it, what the logo should be, all those things. Um, there's It's just like one little miracle after another is what it feels like. And they're still giving you guidance today? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I just have to pay attention. You know, I have, I admit some days I get so busy and so analytically focused on the technology or on the business um, that sometimes I, you know, unknowingly will kind of shut them out. And then I have to go back and just make some space and, and you know, reconnect and make sure to go back to them to say, okay, we have this problem. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And often um, I'll either get information or very soon after, like the following day, sometimes just the following hour, I'll be presented with somebody who has my solution, somebody who I didn't even know existed. It just happened to me again today. Wow. I was sending out a FedEx package. I had a problem, you know, struck up a small conversation with the guy who takes, who accepts the FedEx package. And guess what? He had two solutions for me. Like, I didn't even tell him what my problems were. But when he just told me, you know, one minute about himself, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> he's now an important connection. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> Synchronicity, synchronicities. You brought up blending and I'm focused so much on blending because it could sound scary to people who have not practiced mediumship because I came from a place of fear. It took me a while to get over the fear of having an intentional connection because I wanted to have the control. I didn't want to like be communicated with by people I didn't want to be communicated with. So if you could explain a little bit more about how blending is, this isn't a fearful or harmful process and it's about setting your intention. If you want to elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah. So, um, so just to, kind of set set the frame first of all i'm not a highly fearful person um i'm lucky that i have not experienced a lot of trauma in my life 
So for those of you who have experienced trauma or who have, you know, any kind of experience that would cause you to be a little wary of this, um, you know, I, I understand that. I, I, I haven't experienced it, um, but I understand that that could, um, you know, put up a little bit of a screen to get through, right? Uh, but yes, I approach every communication with intention of, you know, this is for the, the highest and best use of our time, um, that it's with loving intention, that uh, that's, that's what we're here for, right? I'm not here to try to impress somebody with party tricks or mm -hmm. to make a name for myself or, you know, nothing like that. Um, so the blending part, if you want to imagine what this would feel like to somebody who might be afraid of it, to me, it feels like the love of, as a young girl, the love of my dad you know, I come from a huge family. So when I would get that one-on-one -on -one time when I could just hug him and sit in his lap or, you know, whatever that was, just being enveloped in that love. That's what the blending feels like to me. Or the love you have for a child, for your child, you know, when you're cradling them in your arms. That's what the blending feels like. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. Amazing. Thank you. I, I wanted to go back to your very soul, though. So you're getting these downloads for very soul and and you created a wonderful site. And I've done so many practices and met so many amazing people. So thank you. Uh, but are so where are you now? You're developing very soul. Are you still continuing your mediumship journey and still want to pursue that? Or do you think spirit just led you down that path to be the very soul point person? For everyone to be a medium. <laughs> yeah, I test it out every once in a while. I don't, I don't do it. Um, you know, I don't do client sessions per se, but I test it from time to time to make sure it's still there. Uh, <laughs> you know, for instance, um, somebody in my family just lost a great friend, and um, when she told me that she had passed that day, um, I reached out to her that night um, to the spirit, um, and I just said, "I hope you had a." safe passage and I hope everything's okay. Um, you know, and, uh, she immediately started to give me downloads, started to give me information. I wasn't asking for information, but she immediately started to give me information. <laughs> um, and she gave me four pieces of information that I had no idea if these were real, right? The last one was very specific. It was, it was, uh, the name Miramar, Miramar. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't even know what Miramar is. And then I made the mistake to go look it up on my phone. What is Miramar? Which, of course, stops the communication. Um, and I thought, well, maybe she's from Miramar, Florida, or maybe, you know, there's a hotel or da da da. But when I passed the information um, on to my niece, um, she was able to validate all the first three pieces of information. She said, no, it's not Miramar, it's Mirmar, M I R M A R. That's, wow. the, bar. That's the bar where she met her spouse. And I was like, holy cow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. It still works. <laughs> You're still connected. You're still connected. <laughs> um, so, you know, my intention is once I get very soulfully up and running um, and, you know, really running on all cylinders is to get back in and start doing client sessions. Oh, yeah, amazing. motivation for us practicing mediums to be like, oh, we can practice with Sally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just never be intimidated by me. Just 
<laughs> like anyone else, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed the Very Soul platform myself and have um, practiced with people from Asia, from Europe, people while they're traveling in different countries. Like it's just such a easy platform to set up the appointments, whether you're the host or whether you are going to book with another practicing medium and it can go with you. If you have your laptop or your phone or your tablet, it goes with you. And so I love how portable it is. And just from the standpoint of time zones, you have made it so easy to know your time zone. And it doesn't matter where anyone else is in the world because you're booking in your time zone. So just like those little details of how easy it's been for us and how, I don't know how much spirit guided you or guided the, you know, the engineering, the computer science people, but it's been great. We have a great technology team. Um, but Jen, what you do, what you guys don't even know is you are on the old platform. We have started using, we, we built over the last year, we built a brand new platform. Um, and that platform is so much easier to use and has so much more flexibility and can do some super cool things. Like right now we have um, 10 different languages on the new, on the new platform. You wow. know, we'll, we'll offer all languages eventually, but we, we have, we're, we can give sessions in 10 different languages, including through interpreters. Um, no way. Yeah. And we have, um, we have some special features that help you experience the world in the broadest way. I won't give a lot more detail on that yet, but it's coming. Um, and there's so many different ways you can operate. You know, right now there's restrictions that you all have, uh, like everyone has to give 24 hours notice and everyone can only get booked two weeks in advance. We're putting all those controls in your hands. So if you want to take a session with one hour notice, you can take a session with one hour notice. Um, if you want to take five sessions a day, one day and 10 the next, you can do that. If you want to, you know, mix and match your professional work and your practice work. If you want to practice only with a certain group of people, you can do that. Um, there's just, there's so many, you can practice in your second language, even if you're not fluent, you know, there's going to be so many different things that you can do. Um, so I am so excited about that. So when do you think that the uh, new platform will launch? Well, it's launched. We're using it with clients right now for um, mm -hmm. for our outreach clients. So they re free, receive free sessions um, from our uh, more experienced mediums. We're about to bring over professional mediums onto that platform, um, hopefully next week. And then uh, within the next two months, we'll be bringing over starter clients and practices. And then not only will you have lots of new features and lots more flexibility and will it be more user-friendly, but you'll also have an app. And so talk about traveling. You won't even need your laptop anymore. You'll just be able to do it on an app. Oh my gosh. That's, that is so cool that you keep making it more accessible. And one of the reasons when I first read up on Very Soul that I thought it was such an amazing idea is that you were bringing mediumship to clients who can't afford the traditional rates that people would pay. And that's so awesome. It's, I can say it, it's a brilliant design because it's not my design. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome way to solve two problems, which is one problem is you have these intermediate, these advanced intermediate mediums 
who are ready to work with clients but aren't yet ready to charge for what they do, um, either because they shouldn't or because they're not comfortable doing it, right? Um, so to give them clients who have real need is actually a beautiful coming together of filling a need and supplying those mediums with a different energy experience. Because when you're working with people who have a real need, mm-hmm. the energy is stronger. And you know, I, I can only imagine. And, and also to note that um, all the mediums are vetted, I guess, in, in a, for lack of better word, because you can go out there and search for mediums on Google. And uh, I don't, I can't say I would be 100% sure if all of them were reputable that come up in my Google search. So um, it, it's, an, it's nice to know that they have gone through your vetting process and, and, and gone through the, uh, climbed up the ladder, so to speak, and come to a point where you guys feel comfortable in saying this person is ready to accept starter clients. So I think the clients appreciate that as well. Yeah, and it's a, it's a um, it's not an intimidating process either, you know, because we are um, we're making the determination of who's ready based off of large data sets. Unlike you know some certifications, they'll they'll they want to test you right, and they'll put you through one or two tests and then make a determination on one or two tests. I know statistically as a mathematician that that is far less reliable than a large sample size. And we get a large sample size, but not only do we get a large sample size, we get a large sample size from a diverse set of perspectives. And that's important. So it doesn't matter what Sally Hawk thinks, right? That's not the important thing. What the important thing is, what do clients from diverse backgrounds, from different cultures, from different countries, or mediums from different perspectives and cultures and countries, what do they collectively think? That's what matters. And when you're the best medium you can be, you can deal with all that diversity because you're just an open vessel. And we, we're proving that every day. I'm watching the mediums just blossom. Um, you know, at first, um, and I don't know if you guys were in very soul at the very beginning, but at first people were um, a little reluctant about receiving the written feedback. They were a little intimidated by that. Um, and that was interesting to watch because in a corporate environment, written feedback is very common, right? Um, but it was kind of a desensitization that had to happen for people to understand this is really for your development. It's not a punishment tool. It's not a test. It's a, it's a for your development um, experience. Um, and what that has done is it's creating some incredibly strong mediums. Awesome. Amazing. Well, Sally, do you have any final words or advice for developing mediums? You know, um, I think the most important thing I would say is there's an important balance that we all have to find, you know, between being cognizant of our role as the facilitator and being open to the experience. And what I see happening is that the hardest struggle that most mediums have is really truly getting their ego out of the way. 
And I think the reason that happens is because when we use the term ego, we tend to mean it in a negative way, it, you know, in our culture, right? Um, we think of ego as being egotistical, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about ego. We're talking about the ego that in any way wants to protect us. So what I, what I tell mediums it, when they have a challenging experience, right, is con you know, consider what of that challenging feeling is really coming from your ego, right? Somehow you feel like you didn't do well, or you might not show well, or you might get bad feedback or, you know, those things, right? And, and turn that on, on its side and consider all the times that you celebrate when you've had an amazing session, because that celebration, while it's completely fine, it's also ego, right? Whether things go well or don't go well, that judgment is ego. And the more we get to really understand that about ourselves, the better we can kind of detach from it and just be the serving vessel. And I, I don't know if that makes sense the way I just explained it, but that's, and I'll have to think of a better term for this, but that's the settling in process that I see happening with, with developing mediums across the platform. I see people going, we all do that with our ego. I mean, we have great readings on your platform. It's like, wow, if I could do this every day, I could be a professional tomorrow. And then the next reading is crickets. And then you're saying, I can't do this at all. What is going on? And uh, so you explained it beautifully. So thank you. Yeah. So just, just relax with it and just accept the fact that there, you know, we, we you might want to, you might want to be a professional in three months, but you know, it just takes some time because you're getting to know yourself in an incredibly deep way that most people may never allow the time for. That is yes. so, so on point. That as much as I love how you say serving vessel. So as much as we are all a serving vessel, we have to work on ourselves or recognize or build within ourselves the ability to be the best serving vessel. And so there's a lot of work that you do within in order to connect with spirit and be a great vessel. Yeah. And that self-work is hard because it means I have to look at the times when I actually am operating from my selfish side or I actually am protecting myself. I'm angry. Uh, you know, why am I angry? You know, it's, it's hard. Uh, some of it comes from childhood, you know? Yeah, I, for sure. One of my biggest things that I'm working on is not judging. We yeah. get so many judgmental thoughts and what have you. And when you're serving spirit, you can't judge what's coming through. And I don't, I, you know, I'm, I don't sit there and judge it, but that's just for me, one of the biggest things I've worked on. Well, and to the extent that you judge yourself, for instance, which we all do, it's still, it means we're still in that egoic mind. So we just yeah. have to let go, just let go, relax, let it flow. It's a beautiful thing when it happens. Well, thank you so much for the interview today, Sally. And where can people find more about you and Very Soul? So you can go to verysoul.com and you can learn about um, our mission. You can learn a little bit about my background, a little bit about um, strategic advisors for Very Soul, who I'm so incredibly grateful to. Um, and you can read more about uh, mediums in general. And then if you are interested in having a session as a client, if you're not a medium, um, you can 
log in and register as a client. If you are a medium, please register as a medium. And there's a, a whole video that you'll see before you even start your uh, registration so you can learn more about what it's like to be a very sole medium. Perfect. And I just want to add, if you are practicing and you don't consider yourself a medium and you, but you are practicing, click on the medium button anyway. <laughs> as long as you make any kind of purposeful link, you're welcome to join because we've got a pool of thousands of mediums out there practicing. And that is an amazing energy and creating amazing potential for spirit. Thank you so much, Sally.